Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened. And we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged. And we love you. God bless. Minister to your people as only you can. Touch and change lives by the power of your Holy Spirit, O oh God. Do work in us and through us. We worship you. You are worthy. You are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, while you're being seated, look at somebody and tell them you're in the right place today. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. And, and you know what's funny is I get the... Usually, I only come up here for welcome and offering when I'm not preaching. And I always tell the guys, make sure, and gals, no offense, Don. Uh, uh, make sure you talk about connection cards. And I didn't, because I, you know, I, I'm out of practice. Uh, so I want you to, to hold that connection card in your hand real quick. And down at the bottom of that connection card, um, there's a place for prayer requests. I'll tell you something cool. Um, for a long, long, long time, at the bottom of that connection card, I saw Trent Johnson's name almost every week. How many know that there's power in prayer? Yeah. Amen. Every, every so often, you get an opportunity to watch God do an incredible work in the life of another human being. And, and can I just tell you, it's been such a privilege to watch God just mess this boy up. <laughs> I, I would, you know, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I would say that uh, if you'd have told him three years ago that on March 31st, 2019, he'd be preaching his first sermon at a little church in life in, in Loganville, he probably would have said, you're crazy. <laughs> um, and so I just want to tell you, I'm very excited about what God is doing in Trent Johnson. Uh, and I believe that God's hand is on him. And, and he already thinks I analyze and scrutinize everything he says and does. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. It's because I analyze and scrutinize <laughs> everything he says and does. Um, but, but let me tell you why he's here today. He's not here because I've known the Johnson family for 90 years. I need you to know that. He's here because I have tremendous confidence in the work that God is doing in his life. Amen? Amen. So I want him to come, and we're going to pray for him, and we're just going to believe God's going to speak to our heart, and God's going to, I've already seen his outline. God's going to, God's going to mess some of us up today. Anybody ready? All right, who does not want to get messed up today? Anybody want to get messed up today? Good. You came in the right place. Will you stretch your hands this way, and let's pray for Trent. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for this young man and the work that you're doing in his life, and God, I just know and am sure uh, God, that this is only the beginning of the incredible plan that you have for him. So, God, I just want you to cover him with your grace and mercy and most of all your anointing just to speak uh, your words. I pray that these words are yours and yours alone. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Is this thing on? It will be. One, two, three. Okay, green light means go, right? Can y'all hear me? Yes. I don't need a microphone anyway. Y'all know that. I'll do night this morning. 
Good, 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 because I'm nervous. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I, I appreciate that, you know, um, uh, the testimony of God. He's really been working in my life. But I want you to understand what I'm about to, to bring you all this morning. I don't want you all to look at me, and I say it with sincerity. Don't, don't, I know there's a novelty, if you will, behind, you know, Trent's going up there to preach. Man, he's come so far. And that's, that, that is true, but at the same time, um, I don't want it to override the, the words that are coming out of the scriptures this morning. Because, um, I mean, if anything, these, these are, these, this right here, the principle we're going to talk about today is the principle um, that changed my life forever. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's funny that as a 25-year-old, my first sermon is going to be on repentance. As a young man, it's like, who are you? Um, no, but seriously, um, if you will, if you've got Bible with you, turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 26. Um, you know, I, I had a feeling God wanted, to, uh, wanted me to speak on something that was close to my heart. Um, you know, Dwayne gave me a book a long time ago, about, probably about a year ago now, um, about communication. And it talks about internalizing the message. And I'm like, man, I can't internalize the whole Bible. I don't have, you know, a whole lot of options. I was like, man, dude, one thing that, that, that the scriptures have taught me to do over the last year and a half is repent. Um, and I want to talk about the importance of that this morning. Um, let's see. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 26. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the world but lose their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Um, you know, the, the hardest part, um, if you ask me about that entire passage, is those two words. It says deny yourselves, deny themselves, whatever tense it's in. But to, to you know, deny yourself. In Galatians 2.20, Paul talks about crucifying ourselves um, with Christ and becoming a new creation. Um, and how many of us know it's hard to give up uh, old ways? Um, you know, you get stuck in a rut. Uh, you know, people are picking on me about how many redneck references I'm going to make today, and I'm going to talk about mud bogging for a second. Whenever a tire gets stuck in a rut, you have to have another truck come pull you out nine times out of ten um, because you bottom out you can't go anywhere because you're stuck in that groove. Um, I want you to know that... Uh, Repentance is a tool that Jesus has given us to pull us out of that rut. And if you're sitting here this morning and you walk in and felt like you're in a rut that you just can't get out of. And I've been there before frustrated like, man, I got this one habitual sin I just can't drop. Um, you know, you don't have to just settle for the rest of your life with that. I mean, you, you, you can be delivered of that. Um, it just depends, you know, how hard do you want to work for it. And I know that stings. That's something that I'm still wrapping my mind around. How hard do you want to work for it? Um, but anyway, so first, before we go any further, um, what I want to do is define repentance, because I think we need to all be on the same page. Um, Webster says repentance, um, or the action of repenting, is sincere regret or remorse. Um, in the Hebrew, it is shub, and it literally means to turn away from. Um, you know, if you think of turning away from somebody, turning your back on somebody, that's a complete 180, Right? That's not a 30-degree turn. That's not 360 coming back. Repenting is talking about, like, dropping, leaving behind, turning your back on it, and walking away for good. Um, so, let's see. What does the Bible say about it? Um, you know, I, I, I got to thinking about, uh, you know, what, what scriptures um, to pull 
for this morning, I was like, man, if I've, you can't go wrong if you just cling to the words of Jesus. Um, you know, and John, I'm in this class called Gospel of John, and we've been reading John over and over and over again. And it's funny, you know, um, sometimes I have trouble separating my school time from my me and God time um, because the Bible can become a textbook. But this week was cool because, well, I say this week, I've been, Dwayne dropped this on me a couple months ago. Um, but, you know, it's been cool. I, I almost feel like it was ordained for me to be in that class this semester because, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I had no intentions of reading the entire book of John three times in two weeks until I came in this class. And I ran across the, the story um, of the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And... Uh, Jesus straightened up after riding in the dirt. Um, you know, the Pharisees, everybody, the society, the entire village was standing out there with rocks in their hands about to stone her to death. Um, and Jesus straightened up and asked her, he said, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no, sir. And then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Now, what Jesus had said to them was, you know, he who is without sin cast the first stone. Um, so that, that, that's, that, that, that's the first principle, um, you know, that, that ties to repentance. I think it's so important um, is, uh, you know, be very careful before you cast judgment on somebody. Um, because, you know, we've always got something ourselves that we need to turn away from. Um, pray for encouragement for that person. You know, pray, pray for them to, to, to be stronger in their walk with God um, before casting a stone at them. Um, but what Jesus said that was so important there. Um, he said, go and sin no more. He didn't say, you know, go have a, a week or two of, of fervent prayer and go back to committing adultery on your husband. He said, go and sin no more. Um, and I know that's a tall order. That is a very tall order. Uh, but, you know, he, Jesus wants the best for us, not anything short. And, you know, that it was, it was probably two summers ago. Um, you know, it, a lot of y'all know some of my testimony. Um, I struggled with alcohol abuse every single day and for several years, um, especially when I got home from the Army, it was just every day. And I tried to plug into the church and balance that at the same time, and it just it doesn't work. Um, so, you know, it would, it would, when, when Jesus said, go sin no more, you know, he, there was an intention there of, of her life changing forever. And, you know, it's, it, it's not going to change until you make that decision to turn your back on your sin. Um, God didn't want her thanks. He didn't want her to kiss his feet and praise him. I mean, I'm sure, obviously, we praise Jesus, but that's not what he was looking for. He wanted her heart to change. She wanted something inside so it can reflect on the outside and not stop. Um, okay, so let's see. I'm still getting the hang of this. This is a dance, okay? Understand that. All right, so we're in our first slide right now. So you cannot have revival without repentance. Um, you know, this church has been praying for revival for, what, two years now or so? Um, and we've seen a lot of people's walk with Christ go, you know, just root deep. Um, we've seen a lot of people, uh, and, and I, I've, I've, I've felt it myself, you know, worship is more involved it's it's taking the focus off of ourselves wanting specific songs and it's turned towards praising the god of the universe 
Um, and I can tell you that, you know, I tried to feel that revival and I couldn't until I decided I was going to repent and turn away because that just becomes a barrier between you and that closer walk. Um, that's all. I mean, sin is a barrier, period. That should have been a slide. That gum. Uh, right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. If you got notes to the side. Um, okay. <laughs> All right, so there is a, the, the hardest pill to swallow is that repentance is not a walk in the park. Um, you know, I've, I've heard people try to tell me that all I have to do is, or here's your six simple steps, right? We live in a self-help society where, you know, if you want to divorce your wife, you can go to a, book, a Christian bookstore and find some preacher that has written a 400-page book as to why it's okay for your reasons. Um, you know, we, 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 we make excuses for everything, and then we, we try to make these six easy steps. We went the easy route, um, you know, the path of least resistance. And how many of you know a walk, a walk of repentance and a walk with Jesus is full of resistance? Jesus promised us persecution every single day. Um, that's just the way that it is. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Um, and, you know, we, we try to make it sound like, like it's such an easy task. And, you know, whenever, uh, whenever we when, understand when I say this, I'm not talking about, you know, you're, you're, you're walking with the Lord and you trip and stumble. I'm talking about when you make the decision in your mind not to change your life, just to say the sinner's prayer and walk away and say, I'm not going to change anything. But now I got, I call it fire insurance. Um, you know, in you got to be so careful not to make that an excuse because um, you're taking the teeth off the gospel. Uh, you know, the, the gospel bites. You know, we, people talk about, man, I got a whooping from the Holy Spirit this morning. It felt good. No, it didn't. <laughs> Conviction from the Holy Spirit is miserable. I mean, you want to lay on the ground and cry for the, all day. I mean, it's just the way that it is. <sighs> I mean, you know, facts. Um, look, I'm, I'm all lost now. Anyway. Um, so anyway, you know, we, we live in a society where we, we want to make it sound so easy to turn away from all the junk and our habitual sin. Um, you know, I, I keep using the word habitual because, you know, I struggle, I, and, you know, you struggle all the time with, with guilt or, you know, you, you do something that you know is wrong and you're like, you know, I've, 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 I've literally, I felt like I've just been you know, rooted in Christ for like a month, and then I do something wrong, and I'm like, man, am I even saved? And, you know, this, right? Um, but, you know, you, you got to understand that, uh, you know, I mean, the Bible says not even the devil can snatch you out of the palm of his hand, so stay confident. Um, stay confident. Uh, let's see. If y'all got... Bibles go to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I know it sounds kind of back and forth. What I don't want to do this morning is plant a seed of doubt in you and not give you any hope. So I'm going to try to balance the two this morning best I can. Um, so, you know, we need, to, we need to make sure that we are on top of, you know, buckling down on fighting our sin every single day. But at the same time, don't, don't you know, I wouldn't question your salvation every morning when you wake up because that's not the way God intended us to live. So, all right, we at Matthew 7, uh, verse 13 to 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. 
narrow and small are not, you know, what Americans want to hear about, you know, the path to heaven, right? You want to think, man, you, you know, there, there's got to be some other, you know, I got you know, I got options. That's not the, that's not the case. Um, and, you know, I keep, I keep looking down at my notes and keep seeing that phrase, a hard pill to swallow, because, man, it is, it's so hard to think, like, you know, the only way is Jesus. You can't earn your way into heaven. Um, you know, I thought for a long time, and, you know, it's sad because my grandparents and my parents made sure I was in church every time the doors were open. The preacher was washing the windows on Tuesday. We were sitting in the front row. And even, even after all that teaching, I just let it go in one ear and out the other. A lot of it, man, and, and, and I was convinced that because I went to church and because I sat in the back row and doodled on connection cards or whatever we called it at our church, um, that I was going to heaven. Uh, but the way is narrow. And if you're not walking down that narrow path, I, I mean, I'm, it's, it sounds brutal, but uh, okay. You know, I'm not even going to expound on that because we're going to go off on a tangent. The way is narrow that's in the heaven, and repentance is the double yellow line cutting down, slapped down the center. Like, you use that as your basis, you literally cannot go wrong. Um, but, you know, pe- pe- people like having those options. You know, I, my wife uh, worked up at a pool hall for a little while, um, and uh, there, was, there was this tattoo artist from Covington that would come sit in there. Um, he would talk to me about um, all these different religions and, you know, doctrines. And then he started talking about how he didn't, he didn't go to church because the church is so screwed up. We have way too many doctrines that contradict each other. Um, and they all talk about pointing to life. So he just decided to believe all of them. And, you know, the, or, or, or how, how many of you know it's easy to pick certain scriptures out of the Bible to believe and then you want to begin towards other ones like the way is narrow? <laughs> No, um, so I asked a couple more people the same kind of questions I asked him. I realized, like, wow, it's like an epidemic. I mean, like, people really believe that there is multiple ways into heaven, and they're all labeled Christianity. Um, you know, if, if, if you are a Christian and a Christ follower, that comes with a belief in Jesus, and that comes with belief that he died for your sins, and that comes with belief that we should repent from our sins um, and sin no more. Uh, I mean, that's the only way. And that that was hard for me to even wrap my mind around. Um, Okay, so that being said, we've talked about how hard it is. Um, You know, it's whenever Dwayne wanted me to pick a title for this, I was like, man, you know, I just, I'm just going to call it repentance. Um, And I kept hearing this. This, this word lifestyle that day, and I was like, man, repentance is a lifestyle. It's not, it didn't, it didn't stop it. You know, I, I remember when I was seven years old, I was, at, I think I was seven, I was at LCA way back when LCA was the first Baptist church of uh, Loganville. Donald was up there. I was in class with Mikey. Um, yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> um, and I remember they, they had an altar call at the end of chapel on like a Tuesday or something, and I went up there and you know, said my sinner's prayer and walked back to my chair. Um, and I had no idea what I just did. I just felt emotional and decided to go up there and, you know, repeat after me. Okay. And I, I had no idea what he was saying. Um, and, you know, it, 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 I, I don't want you to look at repentance as like, okay, so on that day, I was, you know, I, I was repented of my sins. No, repentance is something that's within salvation. Um, you know, something that we need to understand is, is, you know, okay, cool. You've, you've made that decision to follow Christ. 
repentance is its own little section inside of that that says, all right, now we got to do something about it. Um, so, you know, I got to thinking, you know, John Piper, I was listening to John Piper. He was talking about making war with your sin um, and not peace with your sin. And I was like, man, that's good. You know, with war comes preparation. Um, you know, when I was in the Army, uh, it became a lifestyle. Um, you know, our entire lives based around getting ready for war, going to war, reintegrating back home from war, and then going back to war again. And that's what we did. And, you know, you wake up early. You have disciplines. You wake up early. You go, to, you know, run five miles and do terrible, terrible things to your body all morning long. And then you go train, learn how to read maps, you learn how to shoot weapons, you learn how to patrol, you learn how to think with your head um, when you're out in combat, and then you come home, you make sure that you eat healthy and you stay in shape, you wake up and do it all over again. I'm like, man, what if we took that principle and applied it to repentance where every morning I woke up, I said, all right, I have struggled with pornography. I need to set up, I need to set up some sort of blocker on my computer. Okay, so, so, so I struggle with alcohol. So, so what I need to do is get an accountability partner to come over, and if he needs to, check my fridge every single week. Um, I'm saying that because everybody checked my fridge for six months after, <laughs> after I got sober. Um, but it's true. You know, there, 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 there's disciplines that follow that will help you in your walk with repentance. Um, you don't just have to say your prayer and live in guilt the rest of your life because that's not at all how we're supposed to live. Um, let's see. So, repentance is a lifestyle. Being sincere is crucial. That's something I struggle with. You know, I was talking about two summers ago. Um, I struggle with an alcohol problem. I try to get plugged in with the youth group, and I would help Mikey. Um, I would come up there and just kind of help. I was more of a chaperone than anything. Just kind of stood in the back. Um, and you know, I wanted to get plugged in, and. I didn't change anything at home or outside the walls of this church. So when I try to combine those, I mean, that, that's, that's like, you know, it, it, you're, I'm not saying that you can't, you know, be a sinner and work in the church because we're all sinners. What I'm saying is that when you make that decision consciously to, I'm never going to sin again, or I'm, I'm, I'm not going to walk away from my sin, but I'm going to try to insert Jesus into my life, that's backwards. Um, you know, you don't ask Jesus to come walk with you. Um, you, you know, it, it, it didn't, it didn't work. Uh, I would, I would come to church and I would sit in the back and listen to Mikey and, you know, I gave my, my testimony and I felt guilty the entire time I was doing that. I felt conviction that God was like, all right, you're like on the edge of the woods, but you're not out of the woods. Like you're, you're, you're one foot in, but you're not in the deep end with both feet yet. And that's where I need you. And I pushed back against that. I was scared. Um, I can tell you that, that your walk with God will have Tons of friction if you're deciding not to repent, but you're also telling people, I'm repenting. I call that a lie in my book. Um, I lived that lie for several months, and it was the most miserable three or four months of my life, um, trying to keep secrets from people and, and trying to hide everything. Um, you know, Matthew seven twenty one says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter um, you know, we used to go to church camp up at Lookup Lodge every year in high school at Anistown Road Baptist Church. And, man, you go up to church camp as a youth, and you get fired up, and, you know, you got awesome worship up there, and you're doing devotionals every day because they make you because you're 14 and you don't want to. 
you know, you're putting these disciplines into your life that we need down, you know, outside of camp, like here in the real world. And, you know, you're on fire for Christ. Some people call it a spiritual high. You can call it what you want. But, you know, when, when, when you come home, people, ex- you know, you, you come back to the first two weeks at church. You're like, man, God worked in my life. God did this. And he, 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 he did work in your life. There was huge seeds planted up there. But some of us came back and we were throwing beer down our throat three days later because we just we didn't retain any of it. And we didn't want to put the work in that comes after that spiritual high. Like like you want to feel like you're close to God for the rest of your life. You got to be close to God for the rest of your life. You know, Dwayne talks about following your rabbi so close that the dust from his sandals is kicking up and covering you like you're not going to get that. If if you're standing back here going, you go ahead, I'll stay with an eyesight, but not arm's reach. Um, and then you got to call and then, you know, call him back. Hey, come pick me up out of this hole. So if you'd stayed with me anyway, I'm not going to go off on a tangent. Um, what I'm getting at is it's so easy to want to, you know, make, make this decision to repent and make this decision to, to want to, uh, turn away from all your, your, your habitual sins and like really make war with your sin. Um, but if it's not, if it's not, uh, authentic, it's not going to stick. Um, you know, that's one of the things that Dwayne told me a while back. He said, man, you're going to be working with students, and they're going to pick up a line of junk if you spit it at them. See, I almost said a pulpit curse word, and I didn't. <laughs> he said, he said You'll, you spit a line of junk at them, and they'll call you out on it. Um, and, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's facts, big facts. They'll call you out in a heartbeat because I've had mad questions over there. Um, but it, it's... You know, I, Nana used to keep wax. I'll put it like this. Nana used to keep wax fruit on her table centerpiece growing up. And I bit into one of those wax apples one time. And it was terrible. And I was like five. So I kept chewing. <laughs> because I, I was like, is there something wrong with this apple? And I was like, no, stupid. That's not an apple. <laughs> Touche. Um, and then I went and ate a regular apple. And it was, it was you know, the, the real thing. And, you know, you can put on this, this shell, this exterior, and look to the world however you want to look, but it doesn't matter because God is going to peel that shell back and see that there's wax inside or if there's fruit inside. Um, and that's, we call that conviction um, when the Holy Spirit comes. And you, and you know, and, you know, if you're a Christ follower and you do something that you're not supposed to do, it, you know, you feel that that. that pain and that upset and that anxiousness on the inside, you know, as a Christ follower, that, that, that's called the Holy Spirit, um, and he'll, 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 he'll peel your skin back and see what's underneath. Um, you can't fool God, period. So, make sure that you're crucial. Um, you know, verse 20, right before, you know, 721, where we were just talking about Lord, Lord, uh, you know, in verse 20, right before that, it says, so then you will know them by their fruits. Um, man, you know, if you look, if you look at an apple tree, you can tell it's an apple tree because it has. If you look at an orange tree, you can tell that it's an orange because it has. If you look at a potato tree, you can tell it's a potato because it has. There's no sin as a potato tree, okay? But if you look at a tree with no fruit on it, what do we call that? Dead. Um... You know, I was I was I was dead in my sin for a long time, and I was hanging wax fruit. And let me tell you what, people come pick your fruit and they bite from it, and they spit it out if it's not real. 
and that's, that's facts. You know, you'll wind up leading somebody down the wrong road, and it, that's why it's so important to be authentic. You know, there was, I, I literally gave my testimony to a guy at work, but my, my, you know, your testimony is never completely finished, but like my, like my, my real, I'm making a decision to repent testimony, and I wasn't done with that yet, and I had to go back and correct myself, and he had been reading his word on this false pretense that I gave him, and that's so dangerous, um, because everybody knows, you know, as a Christian, you know, the, the Bible says that, that if we're Christians, then we're raised up to be Pharisees, or Pharisees, whoo, we're raised up to be prophets, and we're raised up to be rabbis, and we're raised up to teach, and the Bible also says that whenever you teach the word of God, you're held at a, at a different level of judgment, um, and, you know, that scared me. And that's when I was like, you know, man, it's time to wake up and get real with it and not just put on this shell. Um, all right, continuing. So anyway, um, and I don't want to question your salvation. You know, I don't want you to walk in here as a new Christian and be like, man, I got issues. So do I. If you got issues, raise your hand. If you ain't, raise your hand, you're lying or you're just lazy. <laughs> um... So anyway, you know, be, be, you know, legit, be sincere about it. Um, all right, so we've been wagging our finger for, wow, it's 12 o'clock. We've been wagging our finger for 20 minutes now. Um, it's okay if we talk about something, give you a little bit of hope, a little boost before you walk out so you're not walking out like this. You know, Dwayne brings that to me all the time whenever I'm preparing lessons for youth. Um, you know, whether it be Sunday school, Wednesday night, he, you know, whenever I was preparing for this. He said, you know, Jesus came to speak with grace and truth. So, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about some truth. Now. Let's hear about his grace. Um, here's a little hope on the subject. Um, number one is that you're not alone. Um, you know, we have all fallen sin. We've all fallen sin. We've all fallen to sin. Um, we've all fallen short. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's certain um, in school we call them doctrines. It's a fancy word for and, uh, concept, if you will, of teaching um, that you teach to somebody, and we call this doctrine original sin. And here at LifePoint, we believe that original sin is real. And that means that when Adam and Eve sinned against God, that sent a fracture through the DNA of humanity forever. So, whenever the Bible says all fall sin, all fall short, let me just read it: all sin and fall short of the glory of God. He literally means all. There is no exceptions. There is no, nobody's ever just come to, you know, even if he's 12 years old, he's never lived a perfect life. Um, there's no such thing as that. So I want you to understand that you're not alone and that we all need repentance and we all need the cross just the same as you do. Um, anyway, so Romans 3, 23 through 24 for all have, fall, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. For all have fallen to sin and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Jesus. The redemption which is in Christ Jesus. The redemption which is in Christ Jesus. There was no options. The redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Remember that. Um, and notice that Paul doesn't say that he fell. You know, we, we don't, it, it says fall, present tense, because we are going to continue to fall because we are people. And that's just the way that it is, because we believe that original sin is true. We are always fractured. Thank God we're covered by salvation. Um, so we need to be careful 
um, to not to use this as an excuse. Um, I know a lot of people, and I've been that person before, that says, man, I prayed that prayer. I made the decision to follow Christ. I'm going to go do whatever the heck I want because I got that card that says fire insurance on it. Um, you know, I see it like this. I mean, this is the, the, the least harsh way I can put it. I'm not going to say that because you have you've sinned a lot or whatever, you know, your amount of sin um, reflects your salvation. But what I will say is that when you do decide to follow Christ, you do decide to repent, repentance is going to be something that you crave, not something that you just feel obligated to do. And that's the difference between wax fruit and real fruit. Um, anyway, I'm trying to hurry this up so we don't go over too far. Uh, let's see. Remember, God loves you so much that his plan for you will always revolve around a lifestyle of repentance. He loves you so much that it will always revolve around a lifestyle of repentance. If, you've, if you can say with conviction that you have been living a lifestyle of repentance and that you are a Christ follower and that you make war with your sin every single day, we have this you and then we have the old you. I guarantee you that this one's living a better life than this one, but this one's doing a lot more work than this one is. It's just the way that it goes. It, that's why they call it a rut. It's easy to slip in. It's hard, it's, it's hard to get pulled out of that rut, but when you do, it's so worth it. Um, and, you know, the, God knows that there's work behind it. You know, Jesus said, well, you're going to get persecuted. Um, you know, there's been several times, you know, my buddies have called me to come over and get, you know, my buddy had a bachelor party um, not too long ago. And they wanted me to take shots with them and, you know, we'll, we'll call it a relapse because uh, they wanted to get me, get me drunk. And I told them no. And I felt like I was getting picked on like I was in elementary school again. I was like, no, dude, you understand. Like, it's not worth it. And, you know, I, you try to explain to people that, you know, the, you're hurting Jesus when you do that kind of stuff. And they don't listen. But it's okay. It was work for me to get in my truck and go home. And it hurt our friendship for a few days. But it doesn't matter because you've got to place that repentance priority over your friendships. And you've got to put repentance over what you want. Because we live in such a prideful prideful world where everything is about us if you ask me all sin revolves around pride i want to have premarital sex because it feels good to me i want to do drugs because it feels good to me i want to get drunk because i don't want to think about what happened at my job a lot of i me we and my and you know it's it, it's you've got to put repentance over you because when you start putting yourself on the same level as we're you know how important your salvation is you know like remember that you fall in line not next to um, there, there is, there is an order there, and repentance comes before any of your prideful cravings. Anyway, it's twelve o'clock. Moving on. Okay. Let's see. All right. So, I'm going to give you four action steps to walk out of here. Did I miss any blanks, Donna? Okay, you're making sure. I know, I, hey, I, I see Dwayne be catching those. You missed one. I was like, I'm not going to do that today. And he's going to scrutinize everything I just said. All right, that's fine. All right, so I'm going to give you four, four things to take home with you um, that will help you walk down this lifestyle of making war with your sin and turning away from your sin. Um, so the path is narrow, right? We need to set guardrails. Earlier when I say, you know, if you struggle with pornography, um, you know, there's blockers that you can set on websites. Uh, if you struggle with any sort of substance abuse, you can have accountability that literally can show up at your house. 
You can, you can ignore a phone call. You can't ignore somebody showing up at your house. I mean, you can, but then you, you know, cat's out of the bag at that point. Um, you know, one thing that I found, um, you know, coming out of the army, I struggled with cursing a lot. And I was like, man, there's, well, let's talk about setting guardrails. I was like, how do you put a blocker on your cursing? You can filter what goes into your brain. Anyway. All right, number two, you got to dress for battle. Um, Kathy Max is always talking about putting on the armor of God. Ephesians 6, 14 through 17. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, you know, the sword of the spirit, you think about in the time that this was written, a sword would translate to an AR-15. So, you, <laughs> Mikey said, amen. So, you know, you want to do battle with the devil and you don't know what to say, pray for utterance from the Holy Spirit. You can pick up your sword. This is the iPad, but it's the Bible. You know what I mean? Scripture, just lean on Scripture. Um, you know, that, that, that's the hardest thing to do as a youngest, you know, as, as a very young Christian is to, you know, defend your faith or, or you know, when people question, it, you know, because it's scary. Atheists will come at you with some very compelling arguments. They're not stupid. Well, they're not stupid. There's been some very intellectual atheists out there, and they've converted, you know, they, they've, 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 they've taken people out of fork in the road and pulled them to the left instead of the right. Um, so, you know, if you don't know what to say to somebody, just lean onto the word, um, sword of the spirit. Okay. Number three, um, we've got to refuel daily. Um, I like to think of church as we come here and we stack ammo. We're not making war here. I mean, you, you know, you make war here a lot of the times, but you're making war six days a week out there. So you got to come here and stack ammo. Um, or refuel daily, however, you know, whatever your little analogy is that works for you. And I was talking about, um, you know, in the Army, we used to have all these different disciplines and stuff. In Christianity, we call that prayer, scripture, and fellowship of believers. Those are three things I believe are very important. Um, I've seen people fall out of the church, and I don't, I'm, okay, you don't fall out of the church, you step away from the church. I've seen people step away from the church because that church hurt them, or, you know, whatever the excuse is, and, 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 you know, they, they're under this assumption that because they're a, a Christian, they're just going to grow, 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 grow. That's true, but I've never seen anybody grow into, into you know, okay, you know what, we're not going to. You need to be with believers is what I'm saying. Get here on Sunday mornings. Get here on Wednesday nights. Bring your kids to me over there on uh, in Cindy and Laurel on Sunday mornings. Um, we need to refuel. Um, okay, I said I was going to challenge you all today. Uh, you know, um, we've done the tithe challenge, we've done prayer challenges. I want to challenge you, if you don't come on Wednesday night, um, if you come every Wednesday night for two months, that's eight Wednesdays, and don't miss, and you come back to me after those eight Wednesdays and say, I didn't get squat out of that, but burning gas in my tank, and I missed my show on CBS, I will buy you lunch. And I mean that. I want you to come find me. But you have to show up eight Wednesdays in a row. Y'all think I'm playing. That's, that's real. Show up Wednesdays. Um, okay, so number four, adjust your mirrors. Um, things in the rear view may be closer than they appear. That's, 
<laughs> it's true, right? We got anybody that's ever kicked something that came back and bit them on a fanny? When I got sober, it was two days later, and I was sitting at a Mexican restaurant, and I was like, man, I'm sober now, but I can have a, I can have a beer. And 32 ounces went down fast. And I was like, that is, that, you know, it was closer than I thought it was. I thought I was over it. You don't just get over things like that. That's why you set your guardrails. Um, yeah, your past has a way of finding you again. Um, that's one of the devil's biggest tools, I think, in relationships. Um, you know, it's <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, it is true. You know, I've, I, me and Nikki both have had people, um, especially, you know, when I brought her down here, I've had ex-girlfriends just come out of the woodwork. And I know that's the devil trying to get between me and my marriage. Um, you know, I've, 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 I've had people I used to go to school with that just knew a lot about me that they would come in and try to, you know, drive a wedge between you. Um, and, you know, you got that's when you got to be firm in your faith and firm in, you know, identifying in Christ and not in the past and leave the past in the past. Someone tries to bite you and you just go, boom! Anyway, that's what I say every time I, every time I go, you know, we, I used to have a routine of Mexican restaurant and beer whenever I, I, I struggle with, with, with alcohol abuse. And, you know, the hardest thing to do for, for the first, like, six months was to go to a Mexican restaurant and order sweet tea or water. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not saying that to brag about how much I used to drink. I'm telling you that from experience, I don't want you to think that just because I have a microphone connected to my head right now that I've lived this awesome life. No, I want you to understand I'm a screw up too, and I've screwed up a lot. Um, so hear me when I tell you that your past can come back and bite you when you least expect it. Um, but that's why we wear the full armor of God. That's all I'm gonna say about that. So um, Donna's gonna come and play. Um, you know. If you take anything from this morning, if you take anything, um, I'm going to give you some grace and truth. The grace is that, you know, walking down this lifestyle of repentance and living it out, making war of sin every day, you're going to fall. And I'm not going to say it's okay to sin. I'm going to say, don't beat yourself up over it. Just go hide in your father. Go sit in his lap. And he knows, he, he knows your heart. So if you keep your heart pure... And you're, putting, and you're putting word in your head every single day, he's going to know, you know. Um, I'm going to give you some truth that it is a lifestyle and it's an everyday thing and it doesn't stop. You start your repentance when you decide to follow Christ and you don't stop until the breath leaves your body and you get put in the ground. Um, and that's just the way that it is. Uh, so, you know, that, that's why we come here to church on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights and we breathe in the word. That's why you, you know, you, read your word before you go to bed at night. You read your word when you wake up in the morning and you breathe in the word. It's a breath of fresh air. Um, so one, I don't want you to walk out of here doubting your salvation. If anything, I want you to feel confident that, that, that we got some tools now you know, that you can make war with your sin and use that ferocity. You know, when, whenever uh, you know, whenever the Taliban attacks in Afghanistan, it's, it's not... It's, it's not a quiet spring picnic day. It's, there's, there's explosions going off and gunfire, and it's, it's furious, and it's angry, and there's, there's lots of passion behind, you know, returning fire, and there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on, and that's the way, you know, making war with your sin can be sometimes. You feel like there's just so much noise in your head. Um, but remember that, 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 that you can always come home to your father, um, no matter how loud it gets, no matter how shot up you get, um, you can always come home to your father. So, you know, 
if you, I felt conviction about this um, not too long ago, Mandy. I felt like Jesus was going to, one day Jesus um, was going to put me in some sort of uh, teaching platform. But I felt like he, he, he wanted me to, to, to make sure that, that the gospel is preached and that there's always an opportunity for someone who hasn't received to receive. That's the last thing I want to do is get up here and fire people up and walk off stage and, you know, you walk out the door going, well, how do I become a Christian? It means we failed here at LifePoint if you don't know how to do that. Number one, look on your connection court card and sign up for Growth Track if you're decide, you know, deciding to follow Christ this morning. And, you know, Mikey's going to help you on Sunday mornings implement these things. Um, but uh, I just want to take a couple minutes. You know, if, if you feel like you've got things that you need to repent from and, you know, even if you're a follower, you know, like I said, it's a lifestyle. So you're still repenting. You repent every day. And you just need to leave something here at this altar. I want to give you a few minutes. Um, our leadership team will come and pray for you. Our pastors will come and pray for you. Um, but feel free. You know, these, these, these altars are open. This is where we leave it in our Father's lap right here.